I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told. So I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Okay, James, it is another edition of the non-season pausing podcast. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Honestly, I'm okay. It's like uh, you're, we're kind of settling into this life of not leaving our place very often. Are, are you feeling better? You weren't feeling very good. I was worried that you had the COVID-19. Yeah, I feel good. I feel I feel okay now. It's... uh. It's just such a weird existence now. I wanted to ask you, like, how are you, we talked last time you were playing lots of video games or you wanted to start playing lots of video games. Have you gotten like good at some of the video games now that you're playing? Oh man. How long do we have on this podcast? Is this the topic for the rest of the show? Yeah. We're just <laughs> going to talk about video games. Normally I don't have a lot of time. I, I used to play a lot of games when I was like in like college that, that was, and then you know, got into journalism and that kind of consumed my life and obviously have two little kids. And so I'm pretty busy. And the last time I bought a video game system was 13 years ago, a PS3. So I upgraded when I could see the quarantine was coming. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go buy a PS4 and uh, that'll at least give me something to do stuck at home every day. And it has, I mean, it's the thing that I don't know if you found this, but I find that video games is it's the best time suck ever invented. And there's there's not there's <laughs> there's there's nothing that can eat endless hours of a day. Like like especially the new systems are just unbelievable. So um I don't know if I would say so I got I've got NHL twenty, which is the, the latest hockey game. I've got Spider Man, I've got Fortnite, I've got I've got 
I've got like four or five games and I'm kind of just seeing which ones. And then one of the games I got is called Last of Us. I think I said this on one of the other podcasts and it's about a pandemic and yeah. it's about everyone everyone getting a virus and turning into a zombie. So I started playing it and everyone was dying. I was like, I am not playing this game. <laughs> I, that, I lasted about 10 minutes on that one. So um, no, but it's been interesting. I haven't played like I haven't played an NHL video game since like NHL 11 or NHL 12. Like it's been a long time. And uh, I'm actually surprised how similar it is. It's not, it's the, they haven't really changed any, it's not like there's, there's no new moves or there's not like, it's still, the mechanics are all the same as they were on like PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3. Um, The only, the big difference now, Jonas, is that everything's, almost everything's online. Like you go play, you know, the, the internet speeds are a lot different than they were eight to 10 years ago. So now you go play a lot of your games online and, um, you know, most people have been playing this game regularly for the last eight years, unlike me. So they kind of kick my ass every night when I go online. So that's, <laughs> that's kind of the, the existence I'm living on. I'm like a, I'm like a level eight or something, which is like as low as you can get. And there are people that are like gold 48 or whatever. And like, which is basically means you're at level like 200. So those people can, uh, what happens is I end up, I end up spending a lot of time lying on the ice hurt. Because I get body checked every time I touch the puck when I'm playing against the really good people. So if people out there listening have tips on how to not get my ass kicked every time I play, they have this game called one-on-ones, which is you have three players that are all playing half sheet ice and they're all trying to score at the same time. So you have like, you basically, it's like one on two every time you get the puck. Every time I play that, I just lie on the ice hole the whole time because I have two guys (laughs) hitting me every time I, anyway. And my character is like this giant lanky guy who... He's like doesn't have the best hands, and I can He's kind of made in my own image, so so you made what, a James Murdoch. Yeah, it probably wasn't the best choice to make a six foot eight tough defenseman as as my character because I get I get kicked around by all these little guys all the time. What team do you play as? Well, when you do the, it's called. Have you heard of Chell? It's called they call it Chell, which is like NHL, but no. they just and Chell is like. It's the online part of, of NHL 20, and it's there's all these different kind of – you can do one-on-one, you can do three-on-three, you can do like a full game, but a lot of the games are kind of like you're playing in this outdoor arena, you're wearing like a toque and a hoodie, and like they put you on a team with these other people, and so you, you like pick what clothes you want your guy to wear, you can pick like – and if you play longer, you win like different hoodies and jerseys and whatever. My guy's got like this really cool Winnipeg Jets jacket that he wears. But you just like you pick what you want them to wear, so you, the yeah. teams and the teams are different every time you log in to play. At least the, the you know the thing the thing that I'm doing. I don't have I don't have a lot of friends on there right now, so I uh, I need to add some more friends. I, I think I, you I, should challenge Zach Hyman. I saw that he's invited yeah. people to challenge well, him. You should challenge him. Yeah. Well, I, I assume he's probably a lot better than I am. And the thing too is that younger people are really into kind of like the. A lot of them seem to just play those like first person shooter games like uh Call of Duty or whatever and I'm I'm terrible at those mm-hmm. games so that those games don't interest me a whole lot. I don't know if you you've played much of that. Those no, seem to I be like the most popular since I was younger. Yeah. Well. I but just it thought it'd be fun. I thought it'd be a good way to kill time and and it has been. Although you know what like well, we're we still have... we're still working a lot like I'm yeah. still I'm just working when the season's going on, I'm working like 12 or 13 hours a day. And now it's more like more 
normal because you know you're not you're not in an uber or an arena or a hotel or an like you must feel like you have way more time in your hands because you're not traveling as much as you do yes but travel is i mean you travel more than i do and i find february i was gone three out of four weeks you know and i was exhausted well it's gonna be interesting to see i don't want to talk too much about what's going on because it is very depressing, but it's going to be interesting to see how the world changes after and like what travel will look like. But anyway, let's not talk about that. Yeah, um, probably, probably be less travel in the next 12 months anyway, right? Yeah, you would think so. Um, have you seen any good movies in the last little bit? Um, like I said, I've been watching Curb with my wife. Um, have you watched the new ones? No, I'm on like season one. Oh, you're like starting? Yeah, we watched like the first three episodes. Yeah. Okay. Um, what do you think? We- and we watched. It's good. I mean, it's. I'm a, I I bet it builds to something bigger. You know, I think that I think the beginning was kind of. You know what it kind of reminds me a little bit of is that. Did you ever see that Louis C.K. show? The one that he did. It was called mm-hmm. Louis. Yeah. It seems it seems like Louis C.K. kind of just ripped off Curb and did his own version. That, that's I my, think in the early years of Curb, what stands out to me as compared to now. It feels way less scripted in the in the beginning, and he's famous for not like having scripts. Like he would kind of okay. just tell the actors, like this is what's going to happen. You can kind of just say whatever you want, and as you go along, it gets more polished. Yeah, and I don't know if that's better. I think the mid seasons, like three to like six, it kind of hits its stride, but it's still really good. You're going to enjoy it. It's a good show to binge. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. Yeah, I love how he gets like the famous people in there too, like. There's one with Ted Danson and and Mary Steen Steenbergen from Back to the Future Three. Like there's just like there's like famous people in all these episodes and getting into these weird. Like there was one where he goes to the bowling alley and someone takes his shoes and he has no yeah. shoes, so he has to walk home without yeah. shoes. Like you know that's so it's well. In, you know in, what's interesting about that, James, is he had a rule, and I don't know why this has changed, but he had a rule that if you were a celebrity who was going to be on the show, you had to play some version of yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's changed now where there's some celebrities that are coming on the show that aren't playing themselves. Okay. And I like the rule because I'll give you an example. Like Vince Vaughn is on the current season and he's not playing Vince Vaughn. He's playing like some other character and it doesn't right. work totally right. in it. Anyway, you'll see. It gets good. Yeah. I All like right. it. I like it like the real versions because you, you probably don't learn who the real person is, but you get like a little bit of, I don't know. And, and they're like making fun of Ted Danson and it was... But, like, honestly, like, I don't know. We don't have a lot of time with the kids and everything. Like, it's pretty busy here. There's no school and there's – it's, it's I, I feel sorry for all the people that – I mean, I'm one of them. But, um, you know, people trying are trying to work from home and they've got two or three or four kids or whatever. And there's not, there's not really a setup for that. You know, the, our, our world is not set up to be be like this. So it's no, not, and especially with parks like closing and stuff, like I don't know what you're supposed to do. Well, even like when we go to the park, you're not supposed to go on the playground. So like you take like a five year old kid, my son's five, you take him to the playground and it's like or you take him to the park and it's like, There's the playground over there, I wanna go. It's like, no, you can't go there. You just have to like <laughs> run in this field, empty field with a ball or something. And it's like I don't know. The whole thing's crazy. Okay, so we're gonna get to you wrote a story about 15 players who we might not see again in the NHL. We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, But you and I wrote a story together about the four biggest what ifs that we may not get to see with the Leafs. 
uh, with the season potentially not coming back. It may come back. Um, it may not. Uh, so let's run through some of those and kind of discuss what, what stuck out to us. Um, we don't have to go in order. So let's start with Frederick Anderson. You wrote about Frederick Anderson and the potential for a turnaround. He's not had a consistent year, which is, it's interesting. Like when you look at Frederick Anderson's leaf career, you think of the word consistent, even though mid season, like during a season, he tends to kind of be inconsistent. And yet the first three years, he's nine seventeen, he's nine eighteen. This year, we never got that. Did you kind of start to feel like before the pause that he was kind of trending back toward the guy that we saw like for that two month period between October and December? It seemed like it a little bit, didn't it? It seemed like he, yeah, it, it was certainly on the table that his last whatever eight to, or ten starts were going to be we're going to bring those numbers up. And I think if he ended the year kind of you know nine twelve nine thirteen or whatever, it would have been like yeah he you know. He had some rough patches, but he ended up pretty close to where he was before. And I, I I find the Anderson thing really fascinating in the context of Jack Campbell coming in and playing really well. And it kind of looked like maybe they were thinking of giving him a little bit more opportunity, maybe, um, down the stretch. And in terms of, you know, I think that this, this postseason was going to be huge for Anderson. Um just in that he hadn't he hadn't won them a playoff series yet. And now the Leafs were the underdog in the first two years, and last year was close, but Anderson had never really stolen them a playoff series or stolen them would you say he stole them a series of games in a playoff series? Probably not. Like he was he was just fine in 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 most of those playoff series, you know. Um and the Leafs probably need more than that. Like they're not the best defensive team in the world. So I just wonder if he would have went into the playoffs and played amazingly, and they won the series. It'd be a way different feeling about Frederick Anderson than if he if they go into the playoffs and they lose in the first round, and and they lose, and Anderson is to blame on some of the games after not having a very good year. I just want like I know that the front office tries to take kind of a grander view of everything, but the grander view of Anderson is that there's only one year left on his deal, and you gotta you gotta figure out what your long term plan is with him. Couldn't you see them moving on from him? You know, potentially even. This offseason coming up? It's hard for me to picture them moving on from him this summer, but I, I think you're right on the bigger point of the narrative can be so much different just with one playoff run. Um, like if he shows that he can do exactly as you're talking about, lead them deep into the playoffs, the conversation around him for like the extension is one thing, but just going into next season will be so much different. Like if he, let's say they got into the playoffs and they lasted only around again and he was just okay. Like going into the season, it would start to feel like it would, it would, there would be a lot of pressure on him. Not only would he be potentially a pending UFA, he would have like someone who theoretically can push him a little bit. Like I'm still not sure. Um, what Jack Campbell can do as far as pushing him, but the threat would, would be more than he's had with McElhaney, with Garrett Sparks, with, um, can't even remember his name now. Uh, who's the, who is the goalie this year? I can't remember. Yeah. Hutch. Hutch. Hutchinson, Michael Hutchinson. Hutch Hutch isn't clutch. Hutch is not clutch. Um, so I think it would be different. It's interesting, like how the narrative around Anderson, um, has kind of evolved this year, especially like if he had just delivered the same old season that he did 
yeah, in the previous three. And even if he was just okay in the playoffs, it feels like it wouldn't be that much of a focal point in all likelihood. Maybe it should have been, but um, now I, I, I just don't know based on the way the, the year has gone and based on how inconsistent he's been throughout the year. Let's move on to the next um, thing that we're not going to get to see because, or maybe we'll get to see it. Maybe I shouldn't be so pessimistic. Who knows? Like the season could come back. We could still see these things. It, it doesn't feel likely that we'll see a regular season, although I guess no. it's possible. So the chance this talk, is, this talk they're going to have a, this talk they're going to have a regular season is it seems impossible. There's no there's no way there's going to be more regular season. Well, I guess the only question I'd have though is you can't just like jump into playoff games. So what would you do? Yeah, but you can't. You also can't play out another. There's 189 games left of the regular season. They're not going to have time to play those games. So, I mean, that's why they're talking about these play-in games. But, I mean, those basically will be playoff games if they do those. And you're going to give some teams play-in games to get ready and not teams that get a buy or whatever that aren't. I don't know. Like, it's no matter what they do, it's not going to be perfect because there's no perfect solution for what's happening right now. Like, would you have exhibition games? I don't think so. No. I wonder if, like, you, if you said every team needs to play 72 games and... Yeah, but how do you... Like, okay, so try and figure out how that's going to happen. Like, there's all know. these teams with odd numbers of games and there's, like, like the building availability and... Some people say that, but it's like, okay, you'd have to rebuild a full new schedule just to get teams to 72 games. And some teams would have to play four times and some would have to play once. And you would have to bring back teams like Ottawa, which have eight players being tested for the virus. Yes. And you'd have to bring back te- you'd have to bring back teams like Detroit, which have like no like there's not really any point in bringing back those teams. The best well, option so, okay. is probably is probably going to be like some sort of like short play in format. Okay, well that that leads perfectly into the next thing that we probably then won't get to see, and that's Austin Matthews getting to fifty goals setting the franchise record and maybe winning the rocket Richard trophy. I think like in thinking this through for me, what kind of comes to mind is I think he'll score 50 goals at some point, but maybe he won't like it's, it's very possible. Like for the next five years, he just scores 46, 44, 48, 49, 41, like 50 goals is really hard. A lot has to go right. Um, I, in thinking this through took for granted that he'll get there again, but I don't know that he will. Like I, I, if I'm putting money on it, I'd say he would. Um, but like all it takes is injuries. It takes some luck. Like, do, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, I well, think the it's only not an player, inevitability. The only player in the NHL in the salary cap era. So the last 15 years that's been able to do it regularly is Alex Ovechkin. No one else has been able to do it regularly. Mm-hmm. It's, I think people, think of 50 goals a bit differently than they probably should just because it was a lot like I remember watching hockey when I was in high school and guys hit 50 goals all the time you know I I I remember guys getting 70 goals so you know Solani the big year was Solani in 93 with I think he had 76 Mogilny had 76 like it's it used to happen a lot more regularly now you had the stat in your story, right? It's only happened 22 times in the last 15 years. 
It's yeah, like eight 50 of them are Ovechkin. Is, Fifty goals is like getting seventy five used to be in the in the nineties. So, you know, it's. I would think that you're right that Matthews will get there again, but it might only happen once or twice more in his career. Like it's not like he's going to be there every year. It's it's too hard to do. Well, and that means like the franchise record potentially will will stand. I, I again, I still think it's likely that he ends up with the franchise record. Fifty five goals is no joke. Um, like that's that's a lot has to go right. You have to. He can do it. Like obviously with that shot, and and I think what's been interesting about watching him this year is is how his arsenal is expanding. Obviously, that one time on the power play has added a different dimension to him. And I think we we saw this year, like he's still getting better. He he's growing into like this all round force. Um, but like we looked the last two years, the the two before this one, he had injury issues. And like was that fluky? Yeah. But like injuries can be like a fluky thing that crops up. Um, I still think he'll get there at some point. But the, him getting this getting there this year, getting that trifecta of like the franchise record, fifty goals, maybe a Rocket Richard Trophy which the Leafs have not had, I think would have brought a different light to the season because the the year for the Leafs so far, obviously, as we've talked about plenty on this podcast, has been kind of like dark and gloomy. And I just think it would have been so cool to have that chase happening and for like Rick Vive to be in the building. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't don't think you're much of a baseball fan, but I just remember like when I was a kid watching McGuire and Sosa try to get the home run record. No, I was was just so much fun. Yeah, I remember I watched that for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was I would watch baseball when it was like a, a iconic sports moment for sure. Yeah. No, I, you're right. Like it could be Matthews and Ovechkin going back and forth, and yeah. they actually play each other in in one of the games. They were supposed to play each other in one of the late games. I think like the was it like the Leafs' third last game of the season? I think like and that that would have been a real storyline for sure. In yeah. I mean, it's too bad. I mean, Matthews is, you know, 22 years old and he's doing something incredible that would go in in the Leafs history books. And, you know, now it's going to be like, oh, he would have got 50 that year. So it's not the same. So what we could still see if the season comes back, but maybe not during the regular season, as we've talked about, is the return of Ilya Mikheyev. And I think that's obviously one of the silver linings of this whole thing if the season does return is that the Leafs would get back Mikheyev they would get back Jake Muzzin they'd have I guess aside from Andreas Janssen a full team they have not played a game with a full roster all season what's interesting to you about Mikheyev potentially coming back I just think that he was like this huge bright light for them and it looked like he was just getting better and better and more comfortable in the NHL and more comfortable with the language and you know, was making friends with the the guys on the team. And I just think he was starting to scratch the surface of what he could be. You know, he was on pace for like a 40-point season, more than that, 45-point season. And um, that was without getting any time on the power play. Um, I think that, like, he, I think he could have put together a 50-55 point season that might have got him, you know, maybe he would have made the all-rookie team for the NHL. And he would have set himself up for a really nice contract for next year. And I think that if he would have had that kind of a season, you know, everyone would be talking about him as a one of the pieces that could be part of this Leafs team for a long time to come. And um, 
I'm not really sure what's going to happen with him. You know, as I, as I wrote in the story, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with his contract situation. I don't know if the Leafs are going to be able to afford to keep him. How do you even negotiate a contract with a guy that only played 39 games? Um, but I hope he comes back. You know, he was, you know, I did that, that feature on Mikheyev in, I think it was in December, I want to say, and talked to some of the people he, he played with, um, over in Russia and played for in Bob Hartley, his coach. And the stories are wonderful. And I think that Mikheyev would have, he would have been writing more stories if, if he had stayed healthy and played the rest of the year. So I was looking forward to him coming back and, the one thing that that his teammates over there, I talked to Max Talbot, talked to some of the other players from that that team in Omsk. They said that Mikheyev's a big game player and that he he would show up huge in in pivotal moments. And I think that that could have been a a big addition to the Leafs if they were going into a playoff series against Tampa and Boston. And hopefully, we still get to see that. Well, he's he's similar to Zach Hyman in the sense that he kind of just plays at the same speed all the time. And you can rely on that. And I think what became more apparent as in the time that he was gone is how much they missed that guy in addition to, to Hyman. And then obviously with the injury to, to Janssen, Kapanen not really taking a step. Like they always just felt like a, a, sh- a forward short. And that was really kind of hammered home during that practice you were at um, in El-, El Segundo. I don't think you had gotten to LA at that point. But like they put... Mikheyev with Tavares and Marner, I believe that day, just because they they couldn't figure out who to play there. And I think if he comes back, it pushes everything into place and they kind of have two really good top lines and maybe they can find a little bit more depth on that third line. But you brought up the contract. If you're the Leafs and you know like Dan Milstein and you know what Mikheyev can potentially get in the KHL, what kind of contract would you offer him that you think would convince him to stay? I don't know. Like, can you even get him? Can you even get him signed on like a one-year contract? Like, does that? Like, I, I've said this before, and it's not the greatest comparison, but it's kind of the problem that they ran into with with Zaitsev. Like, in that, um, Lou Lamorello and Mike Babcock like Zaitsev, and they wanted to keep him, and. I'm pretty sure they were threatening that he was going to go back to the KHL and this is how much money he could get at the KHL. And they were like, well, if we really like this guy and we want to keep him, we got to give him, you know, term, we got to give him some dollars. And they, that's, they made the mistake of giving him a seven year deal at, at four and a half million a year. Uh, obviously you don't do that with Mikheyev, but it's not like he's one of those RFAs that doesn't have any options. He's got lots of options. And I don't know, I don't know if loyalty is the right word, but I don't know how, how attached to being in Toronto Mikheyev would be like he, he might not, I I think he liked Toronto, but he might not care if he can make a lot more money playing somewhere else, you know, if so, yeah, I, I, I'm sure you saw that gif that, that his agent Dan Milstein put on Twitter and it, it was from Jerry Maguire and it said, show me the money. So I I don't know necessarily that they were going to go easy on the Leafs in that negotiation. Well, he is an RFA, so they do have some control. What about like something in the ballpark of Janssen and Kapanen? And obviously Janssen got four years, 3.4. Kapanen got three years, 3.2. Something like in that range? Like I wonder yeah. if that would – but I, I don't know that, if Mikheyev would look at that and be like, that's not enough. 
Well, I think that that's probably where if they want more than that, then I don't think you can do it, right? So that's no. to me that's that's like kind of my limit that I would be willing to go because yeah, McKayev looked great, but you got to be careful too in committing to a guy that you haven't seen play that much, right? Like, I mean, I feel relatively comfortable that he could live up to like a Andreas Janssen contract, but ideal world, I would I would hopefully maybe like a two year deal. And, and just see what this guy is. You know, I, I'm i pretty sure he's going to be a good player. I just, I don't know. There's just a little bit of risk there with, with a player you don't know that well. Yeah, it's a very fair point. Like, look at Janssen. They had 82 games, I think, exactly, uh, and gave him the four-year deal. And granted, this is only one year, but like it, and it he's been didn't hurt a totally lot translate, too. right? Yeah, he's been hurt a lot this year, too. So, And I think that that's been a big part of why Janssen hasn't been that effective. Yeah, for sure. Um, before we continue, James tournaments have been canceled. Leagues are suspended on pause. There hasn't been a live game on TV in what feels like a year, even though it's only been more than a week. I think he's had, it was 12 days since the last game. Yeah. So there's no better reminder of how important stories in sports are to our lives than to take them away completely. But the athletic is still home to 400 of the best sports writers out there. And in these very strange, very uncertain times, we are still hard at work at doing excellent reporting and telling unique, engaging, informative stories. Like our story today, James, about four possibilities that we might not get to see for the Leafs season. Uh, You can look at the situation between Todd Gurley and the Rams, how that broke down. You can look at Brazilian soccer legend Ronaldinho, how he's in a Paraguayan jail right now. I may have to go and read did, that story. Have you read that? Did 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 no? I didn't. I I, I am actually gonna. I'm not kidding. I'm not just saying that because I'm a company man. I'm I'm actually gonna read that one. But did you see the story Down Goes Brown did where he looked back at the he he did power rankings for the end of the season in 1993 in the NHL, which sounds no. like. It sounds like why do I want to read this? But then you read it, and it's like oh my god, this is amazing. It's it's really really clever what he did. He he makes all of these references to you know the way the NHL was in 93 and draws these parallels to the NHL now and like he talks about Doug Wilson on this last place San Jose Sharks team and at least this is his last year and he's going to retire and that'll never happen to him again and like of course Doug Wilson's now the GM of the last place San Jose Sharks in like the hmm. NHL you know what is that 27 years later so it's just like it's I'm probably I'm not doing it justice. It's one of the best things that Down Goes Brown has written for us in like two years. So that's wow. that that that's about as high praise as I can give it. So it's been pretty cool to see when there's no sports going on, the creative minds that at the company kind of coming up with interesting stuff. There's been there hasn't been as much good stuff as before because it's more difficult, but there's still been some really cool stuff that I've read on the site the last few days. There was a did you see Scott Cruikshank did a story on the weekend about all the the minor league hockey players getting getting stranded in all of these like southern US spots and having to drive from like Jacksonville back to like Alberta and like hmm. it was it was like they had to do these journeys through like all of these empty parts of the US um, when they were like the only ones on the road and it's it's interesting. Well and you did the fifteen NHL players we might not see again because they might retire. Uh, there's just an opportunity to kind of do some big picturey kind of stuff that we wouldn't normally have the chance to do with the season. And as anyone listening to this podcast and you and I both know, it's nice to not read about the virus 
it's nice to read yeah. sports and not think about that. So uh, I was saying that I was saying that to my wife the other day. Like, you can't just read that stuff; it'll just put you into a hole. So, you know, I think it's good to, and like, I don't know. Like I've been, you know what I've been doing? This is going to sound stupid. I've been wearing like hockey jerseys some days and I've been like playing my video game and I've been, you know, obviously work, we're still getting, but like I miss having hockey around. Like it's, it, 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 it's March and there's no hockey. That's never happened in my life. So I've just been trying to, and I, I find that reading the stuff on our site, you know, it helps. So. Well, the good news is uh, for those that haven't subscribed Right now, we're offering a free 90-day trial uh, that you can see for yourself. So you just go to theathletic.com slash leafreport for a 90-day free trial. The games aren't being played right now, but the stories that draw us into sports, those aren't going away. So go to theathletic.com slash leafreport. We hope you'll give us a try. All right, James, the last thing um, we're going to get to as far as what-ifs about the Leaf season, and this this one we may still get to see. To me, it's 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 the most interesting because it will kind of define the season is the Leafs in the playoffs. And there's like a lot of dimensions of the Leafs in the playoffs that I'm interested in, which is is most interesting to you. And then I'll kind of tell you what is most interesting to me. It's if they step up. It's if it's if this team. Do we get Jekyll or do we get Hyde? Hmm. You know who <laughs> what what team shows up and they're obviously going to play a very good team in the playoffs. It's going to be. I mean, it's going to be Tampa, right? If the, I, I don't see any way that it's not, unless there's some kind of a one. Um, one source told me that they thought there could be a play-in for that third spot in the Atlantic, and it might be the Panthers against the Leafs. So maybe they have a best of three against the Panthers, and then the winner of that plays Tampa in in the quote unquote first round. Wow. Either, either yeah, would that that would be that'd be crazy. Um, they're gonna they're gonna have to play a good team and. The only thing that kind of sucks, Jonas, is that, I mean, there's obviously a lot of things that suck in relative terms in the world right now, but there's always going to be an asterisk on these playoffs, no matter what happens. So, mm-hmm. but I, I still think it's an opportunity for the Leafs to define what this season was. And if it ends this way, if there isn't a playoffs and we just go back into next year with training camp and whatever, what a... What a fucking weird season the Leafs had. <laughs> like it's, this has been a weird, weird year. And and not just because of COVID-19, but just there's been a lot of weird things that have been going on. Yeah, I've been thinking about doing a whole look back at everything crazy that's happened. And it's a long list. Um, to me, what's interesting is is obviously what you pointed out uh, to see how they react and how they perform in the playoffs and, and the way that that could define the season. I'm fascinated a with seeing Sheldon Keefe in the playoffs, seeing how like his flexibility and creativity would look in a playoff series when every decision like that becomes more magnified. And then I just think it would be interesting to to see what would happen if they don't go past the first round and and how that would reflect on Kyle Dubas because this is kind of the first year where this is like all his team. And there are all these questions about whether you can have a roster built this way, whether there's too much skill, whether there's this, whether there's that. And I think if they were to win a round or two or whatever, it would change the the storylines around the GM. And I think that that's a big thing heading into next year. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's taken some arrows, right? Like he's 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 under attack a little bit with the team struggling and 
there's a lot of people like let's just be to be super blunt about it there's a lot of people in the hockey world and in the hockey media who don't like Kyle Dubas like that that's what it is you know there 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 are people that would defend Randy Carlisle and Brian Burke and Dave Nonis and that attack Kyle Dubas for transgressions or mistakes that are way less severe than what Kyle Dubas has done so and I think part of it uh, Jonas is that he's just seen as Anyone who's different, who stands out and, and tries to do something differently, often gets attacked for that, especially in like a, an environment like hockey where it's so, um, I don't know, it's like it's so traditional and, and group thinking. So, I you know, if the Leafs missed the playoffs or if they went out in four or five games in the first round, there would be a... I, you know, I was getting a lot of it, like even in the comments on our site and on social media, people saying fire Dubas and all this stuff. So absolutely, there was a lot of pressure on him. I, th- I think some of that's unfair. I think mm-hmm. I think probably the majority of it is unfair, but that's that was definitely out there for sure. Well, and if the team having playoff success would be a way to quiet those critics. Tell, tell your dog to shut up. It's some dog in the hallway, which never happens, but obviously yeah, happens but, when we, we're recording ha- the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> hallway dog. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, Hallway Dog. Well, I, I think what you're pointing out is is anytime someone goes against conventional wisdom, there's like a blowback because it's it's this person who the conventional wisdom people are saying, you think you're you're smarter than us. And that gets resistance. And I think that's what would have made this year interesting. I mean, it's possible if they don't play playoff games that there's just no more Tyson Berry, that they traded for Tyson Berry to have him and obviously Alex Kerfoot for a potential playoff run and won't get that. Um, and, it, and that's like an interesting tangent as to like all the trades teams made throughout the year and obviously last summer that they wouldn't get to have any payoff. Like if you traded a first round pick for player yeah. X to have well, him look for at the Tampa. playoffs, you Tampa, just won't get him. Tampa made a couple of trades, right? Like Tampa traded a first round pick and yeah. what did they trade for Coleman? Like they, they traded a lot to they traded a lot to upgrade their roster and then they got them for like six games or whatever. And if there's no, like so if you just had to speculate, what percent chance do you think there's going to be that there's going to be playoffs this year? I'm usually an optimist in everything in life, but I think it's like 25%. Mm-hmm. What do yeah. you think? Yeah, I think I, I would say like 35, something like that. It I mean, just the, feels really hard to envision how you do it for all kinds of different reasons. Like, what does, how do you know what things are going to look like in June? And then like, how do you know yeah. that player X isn't going to go home, go to the grocery store, contract it, bring it into the room. And like, then you, then what do you do? Well, a lot of the players, I, I haven't seen this widely reported, but I think a lot of the players left their NHL cities. Yeah. So they're all over the place. There's players everywhere. And I'm sure... The NHL and the PA have been very strict in terms of telling them what they can and cannot do, but I'm sure there's going to be guys that don't listen to that. So, but they're like, I think they've imposed a even stricter quarantine lockdown on the players because they realize that they can't come back and play if there's a whole bunch of NHL players that have this. Yeah. Well, and then like, what do you do if like, A, if one person gets it or somehow gets into your room and then B, like I, I saw that there was like a player's proposal. I think TSN had it. Um, about like August and September and then starting not gonna like October. Like that doesn't like you're gonna destroy next season too just to it's like not, name it's a not champion. Gonna happen. 
No. You know what I think that is, Jonas? I think that that's. I think that's the player side, really worried about. I mean, they gave them their last three paychecks, but I wonder if maybe they shouldn't have because the players are going to have to give them back. Like if revenues, revenues are going to go in the tank if they don't play the rest of the regular season and there's no playoffs. The players aren't are going to aren't going to get all their money. Like they're trying to say like we play till September because then we can play the rest of the regular season in the playoffs. But the NHL saying like we want to preserve kind of the integrity of next season, and yeah. you can't do both. You can't do both of those things. So. I think the most likely thing, if there are games, is going to be a shortened version of the playoffs that starts late May or early June. I think that's the most likely thing that's going to happen. Do you know it would be awesome if they just did like a tournament like March Madness? Yeah. Well, if you did, let's say you did 20 teams and it's best of three the whole way through and the finals best of seven. Would that work? Sure. Or, or just best of three all the way through. It'd be so exciting. Yeah. But I think if you can, you want the cup final to like be a little bit yeah. longer than best of three. Perhaps. Um, we don't have much time, but I do want to get the two other things. Uh, you wrote about potentially players we might not see again. Who was like the most, like had you the most sentimental that you might not get to watch them again? Um, Polak? <laughs> well I mean like just like personally sure you know some some of these players like I've interacted with a lot like Ryan Miller has been a guy for whatever reason I started talking to him during the lockout and he's always been a guy that's been um that I've enjoyed talking to I like I emailed him for that story and he was got back to me within like two minutes you know and, and we were chatting and he just seems like a really like thoughtful, intelligent guy. And, you know, I, I would say like Ryan Miller, Henrik Lundqvist is a player that I really admire. And like another one of those like really cerebral, just seems like a good person and and um, just seems like the best of the NHL. So those were the two that stood out to me were uh, Ryan Miller and, and Henrik Lundqvist, the two guys that maybe I just like goalies, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know. Like you have these, I've, I've had like really good interactions in my career with Jay Bolmeister and David Backus. And I'm trying to think who else on this list. I mean, obviously you and I know Ron Hainsey fairly well mm-hmm. from the time he spent in Toronto. Um, Roman Polak. Yeah. It's just, it's kind of a shame that their career ends without them knowing it was going to end. Right. Like, and some of these guys might play. Like, I'm sure Polak will play. I mean, maybe he'll end up in the KHL or maybe a team gives him another deal. Um, there's definitely going to be guys we don't see again, though. Yeah, and that would suck. I, I bet Ron Hainsey comes back, too. I Like, some of these guys for sure. Like, I don't think Craig Anderson's playing again. I wouldn't think. No, but who knows? I'd be surprised if Ryan Miller came back. Like, he's 40. And He, he performed like, pretty he, well this year, though. Yeah, he was he was solid. I know the Ducks fans want him back, so maybe maybe he plays with Anaheim again, but it's hard to see Anaheim being competitive, but maybe he comes back to Anaheim and he gets traded at the trade deadline next year, and that's his chance to play with a competitive team. I don't know, but 40 for an NHL player is pretty old. And I listed some other guys, you know, people are wondering like about like Chara, Joe Thornton, yep. Patrick Marlowe, Ilya Kovalchuk, Jason Spezza. All those guys are going to be back. 
Like they 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 all unless something weird happens, they all intend to play. So that's why I didn't include them in the piece. Well, and I, and I would think, and and I'm interested to see what it will look like. Is I'm sure the Leafs would want to bring Jason Spezza back, but like what price? Like I wonder if he takes mm-hmm. that that minimum again, or, or or says, you know what, I want a little more. Like I was pretty good. I'm almost certain, Jonas. I can't say like a hundred percent certain, but I'm almost certain that he's coming back at the same price. That's good. I, I, like I think I think it's like already been talked about and like it's going to happen. So that would be good for the Leafs. That's like you can't get more really for the minimum. Maybe they can't announce it because of like the tagging rules or whatever. But I think Spezza's just in this to like his his kids, his girls get to grow up in his hometown around his family. I'm not sure where his wife's from, but. This is about more than, and he gets to play for a good team, and probably the team he grew up cheering for. I did he grow up a Leafs fan? He probably did. Um, so that's that's you know for years when I started covering the Leafs, there was all this talk about players don't come, like come back to Toronto and all this stuff, and they've they've started to get some of that lately with <coughs> with obviously um, Tavares and Spezza, and you know I think there could be somewhat of a hometown discount for a guy like Zach Hyman. Um, I think it's been more of a factor now that the team is good. Well, I should have mentioned this in my Monday morning column. They need to find more bargain buys. Like they need to do a better job of finding like not just Spezzas who are like end of the career guys. They need to kind of find some gems who can do a little more and give them a little more juice for their money. Because I don't think this year, especially... They really had that, and and especially moving forward with the cap and uncertainty that way, it's going to be important for them to kind of pluck some gems. Well, I think the cap could be flat next year. Yeah. Or up like a little tiny bit. So it hurts the Leafs in that they were banking on the cap continuing to go up when they gave the contracts to, you know, Marner and Matthews, and, you know, those contracts would look better the longer they went on as those players continue to get better and as the cap went up. But if the cap doesn't go up, then they remain a really high percentage of the cap. So, but I mean, what can you do, right? No, now you can't You can't plan for that. Yeah. Well, so that's the last thing I wanted you to talk about is you've become an NHL general manager. (laughs) Honestly, Jonas, I think we should talk about this on the podcast next week because I think I can go on for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Nice little tease for next week's podcast it's it's another video game conversation but i think i think we could i i think i should write a story about it it's been kind of fun to like that's one part of the video game that has improved if people are at home and bored at like and aren't usually don't usually play video games you could get nhl 20 and you can play the franchise mode and you can just act as the coach you can set the lines every game you can act as the gm you can even act as the owner and you can set the ticket prices and you can like make upgrades to the arena and it's like the amount of stuff you can do you can be the scouts you can tell them what to go scout and like the amount of depth to it is it's frankly ridiculous but if you're not big into video games you could just like i got a i got a ps4 it was like 240 dollars or something and the game was like 25 bucks. Like it's not, I don't know. Anyway, you could probably get enough enjoyment out of just the franchise mode on NHL 20 for it to be worth your while. Good plug. All right. So we'll be back uh, next week. Again, go to the athletic.com slash leaf report for the 90 day trial. 
and otherwise yeah and and stay safe and be be kind and enjoy this weird time as best you can lock yourself in a closet download our app read every story on there (laughs) and then the next day there will be more but yeah everybody um keep um keep hunkering down hopefully this thing doesn't last uh this isn't going to last forever and you know it's important that we do our part here thanks james As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.